What's scarier than an unwanted teen pregnancy? A bunch of weird kids in masks trying to kill you for your unborn child. It's Halloween, and this is Season Screening. Welcome to Season Screening. I'm your host, Lizanne. Today we're discussing the Canadian horror film Hellions. Hellions was written by Pascal Trottier and directed by the great Bruce MacDonald. It opens with our lead, Dora, in a hospital gown, pulling an IV stand along with her as she walks down the seemingly deserted hallway. It's creepy, and you don't really know what to expect, but then she's not alone. People suddenly wander out into the hallway. Nurse goes to the nurse's station, visitors go sit down in the seats that line the hall, though no one seems to notice Dora. Suddenly, a creepy lady in a white robe wanders behind her. Eerie music starts, but then the creepy lady turns and heads to the nurse's station. Dora has now made it to just in front of the camera, where she stops and puts her hand up like she's touching a window. It was a cold open. Ugh. Now we're in flashback. Dora and her boyfriend Jace lie under a tree and smoke pot while discussing what they're going to wear for Halloween. Currently, Dora's wearing booty shorts and a sheer leopard print raincoat. She looks pretty cold, being Canada in October. Jace mentions that she cut class, but she says she was sick and throwing up. Oh, that reminds her. She's late to go to the doctor's office. She's sure it's nothing, but she needs to take off, and they make plans to meet up later. Three kids in costumes stand around a dead dog and poke it with a stick. Dora rides her bike past them. She doesn't notice that they're poking a dead dog with a stick, and so she says hi. At the doctor's office, Mike the Cop, played by Robert Patrick, is running kids off from outside of the office because they were about to egg it. Dora goes in to get her test results from Dr. Henry, and it turns out that she and Jace were doing more than just smoking pot together. She's four weeks pregnant. While the doctor's breaking this life-changing news to her, he's wearing Spock ears, which kind of undercuts the severity of the situation. He repeats a few times that they're going to have to decide what to do next. She stares at a statue on the desk that I honestly couldn't tell if it was a pig or an armadillo, but it starts bleeding. And as she stares at the spreading blood, an egg hits the window. The smack startles both her and the doctor. It seems the kids that Mike, the cop, ran off are back. Dora takes this opportunity to rush outside and ride her bike home. She cuts off of the main road and into, it seems like, the woods. It doesn't seem like there's even a path. As she walks her bike through the woods, she hears a moan, followed by an announcement from the hospital, which is weird because she's not at the hospital, she's at the woods. She ignores the moaning and keeps walking, and her house is secluded in the middle of the woods, which is not creepy at all. She sits on her roof outside of her second-story bedroom window and lights a joint, but then throws it away without taking a hit. Now, you'd think she'd at least save it. Um, I'm no expert or anything, but I can't imagine pot is easy to come by in a small Canadian town. She gets a text from Jace saying that he's going to pick her up for a party at 6.30, so she goes in and takes a bath. There doesn't seem to be anyone else in the house with her. It's totally silent. She gets in the bathtub, and she's just relaxing, laying back, a voice calls her name asking if she can hear them. Blood begins to fill up the tub, and a horrific baby creature floats up. She jolts awake, and it was just a dream. Now in a robe, she drops her dirty laundry down Chekhov's laundry chute that's just outside of her bathroom door. And it turns out her mom and her brother are home, they're down in the kitchen uh, making jack-o'-lanterns. She glances out of the window and sees a child in overalls and a plaid shirt with a burlap sack for a mask standing in the road staring at her. Now, this is the standard creepy kid from movies ranging from trick-or-treat to the orphanage. But that doesn't make the repetition any less scary. It's creepy. Mom comes in and tries to joke around with her, but she's too depressed to joke. Dora is even skipping the big party that night, at least that's what she tells her mom. Her mom informs her that she needs to graduate. 
And her mom points out that skipping class isn't the way to do it. Dora does the typical teenager thing, saying she's not like her mom and not everyone can be prom queen. And her mom replies that at least bring her grades up and go to the prom. So Dora wears the weirdest shirt that looks like it's covered in vampires, monsters, and what looks like boobs, but I think there's supposed to be eyebrows that are just bulging out from fear. And her mom says, she says, you know what, I, I, I think I'm going to dress up. And her mom says, well, go, you know, go ahead and wear my tiara. And this thrills Dora for some reason. Oh, it's the prom queen tiara. Oh, I just got that. So Dora goes back inside. She's eating pickles because she's pregnant. Um, she changes out of the hideous shirt to a lacy white dress, puts the tiara on, and angel wings. She paces back and forth talking to herself, trying to find a way to break it to her boyfriend that she's pregnant. There's a knock at the door, and she runs to open it, expecting it to be Jace, but it's the kid in the burlap mask. He refuses to say trick-or-treat, but she gives him lots of candy anyway. I mean, handfuls and handfuls of candy. But even after she does this, he just stands there, breathing heavier and heavier. Annoyed, she slams the door and then goes back to the kitchen and has another pickle. And this one has salt and honey on it because she's all of four weeks pregnant. A small shadow slips past the window while she's eating her pickle with honey and salt. Back in the living room, the TV shows a guy getting a machete to the neck. And then she switches the channel to the news that talks about the town's great turnout for the annual pumpkin carving. It seems the town's main source of revenue is pumpkins, and they're in the movie a lot. Like, there's so many pumpkins in this movie. Her boyfriend doesn't show and doesn't show, and finally Dora calls him, and it goes straight to voicemail. The doorbell rings, followed by pounding and yells of trick-or-treat. She opens the door to find the kid in the burlap sack has been joined by a kid in a mask that's made up of a metal pail turned upside down with slits in it for the eyes and the mouth, which, again, is suitably creepy. She tells them that there's no more candy and to get lost. Then she notices that her little brother's pumpkins that he carved earlier have all been stomped on. She asks the kids if they did the stomping. Burlap raises a dirty, possibly bloody hand and touches Dora's belly, saying, Mama, leaving a red handprint behind on her white dress. She slams the door on them, more irritated than scared. A sudden cramp hits her, and she races to the bathroom to throw up. She calls the doctor, telling him something is really wrong. He says he'll be right over. So not only do Canadians have free health care, but the doctors make house calls? Come on, America, we need to get on the ball. Not changing out of the stained dress, however, she chugs Pepto-Bismol or the Canadian equivalent. Then she hears a noise outside and a man screaming. When she looks out of the window to check, an egg hits the window. Her mom calls to check up on her, and she tells, and Dora tells her what's happening, but her mom blows it off as harmless pranks. Oh, and by the way, the mom's car isn't starting, so she'll be coming home late. Again, the knocking at the door and the calls of trick-or-treat. Now, seriously pissed off, she yanks the door open. It's the weird kids, but now there's a new kid, and this one, a little girl, has a furry mask on, and possibly that's the dead dog from earlier, wrapped around her head with lopsided eyes stuck on. Dora throws the candy at them until she notices in the bottom of the open treat bag is Jace, her boyfriend's head. She screams and stumbles back and kicks the door closed. The clocks go crazy. She calls the police. And right when the dispatcher tells her, stay on the line, help us on the way, the lights go out. A weird light fills the window. A strange wind blows through the house. Now, I have to say, up till this point, I was 100% into this movie. It had me. I was good. I was down. I really was digging it. And then it just kind of lost me here. So she's still on the phone with the dispatcher, who tells her she needs to secure all the doors and windows. So she's just fighting against this indoor tornado windstorm thing, going from window to window to try to lock it. And at the same time, 
The dispatcher saying, well, are you sure it's just not pranks? She grabs a knife and then she spots the pale-headed kid at the back door, which is all glass, of course. The line goes dead and she screams and then the wind stops. A voice says, mommy, hug me. I like to do a good job. Hug me. She follows this creepy little baby voice down this long hallway, door ajar. She pushes the door open and it's just a doll. Just as she relaxes, the window right behind the doll, a big bloody handprint slams against it. It's the doctor. He's there, but he's very, very injured. He begs her for help, saying those kids are everywhere. She's still in this otherworldly lavender light, and she doesn't want to go outside, but she can't leave the doctor. So she goes to the back porch, um, and suddenly there's all these pumpkins that haven't been smashed, but, you know, whatever, go with it. So she's looking around, she's got the knife, and this little hand reaches up behind her and grabs the ribbon that's holding the tiara on and gives it a quick yank. She spins around, nobody's there. She spins back around, and there's the doctor, all bloody, and he grabs at her. She freaks out, but she um, helps him into the house. She pulls the doctor in, she closes the door, and this little hand holds up her phone to the window, showing her that her mom is calling. Dora helps the doctor down into the basement and closes the door. A pumpkin smashes through the glass doors from the porch into the kitchen, so therefore the kids can get in. The doctor's losing a lot of blood, and he shows her a stab wound. Dora looks around the basement for something to help him, but all she can find is a large stapler. He asks if she was in the Girl Scouts, and Dora admits that they kicked her out. She staples the doctor's wound closed as he screams. Meanwhile, upstairs, the kids are acting really feral and rummaging around the house. Back in the basement, Dora then duct tapes the doctor's neck, which has a smaller but still very, very bloody wound on it. The cramping hits her again, and as the doctor checks her, Palehead opens the basement door. The doctor says either the baby is growing very fast or she's hemorrhaging. He uses his stethoscope, which somehow he didn't lose in the attack or being drugged downstairs to the basement. They listen to the baby's heartbeat, and he informs her that now she's four months along, not four weeks. And at the top of the basement stairs, Palehead has an electric knife, and I think that Dora and the doc are supposed to be the turkeys. The doc grabs a hatchet and gives Dora his car keys. She cramps up, check off the laundry chute, and the doc is right behind her, but then the kids grab him and pull him back down to the basement. Uh, his screams follow her up and out. She is on the second floor landing now. She's crawling along the floor, trying to be stealthy, but above her on the ceiling, Furface is crawling along, mimicking her movements. Dora makes it all the way down to the kitchen where Furface drops to the floor and... Dora starts, uh, well, first Dora kicks her away, and then as Furface advances on her, Dora starts picking up anything in the kitchen and throwing it at Furface. Eventually, she picks up the salt, and when she throws this at Furface, the salt burns the creepy kid. Then Dora hears, Mommy, hug me. Dora spins around to find Palehead holding the doll behind her. Dora runs out of the back door and into a shed, and while she's running, she passes Burlap, who is sitting on the swing set, who waves another bloody hand at her. And he's even more covered in blood by this point. So she makes it to the shed, she closes the door, and a weird voice says, this is what happens now. And as the voice is talking, it's a creepy kid voice, and as the creepy kid voice is talking, there are flashes of the events actually happening. This is what happens now. Lights out. Baby grows. Dora sleep. Can you hear me, Dora? Then we carry you. It's not far. Can you hear us, little piggy? A bunch of kids and weird masks surround her in a field. No. By this point, it's showing her in the middle of the pumpkin field, and uh, this ring of creepy kids are surrounding her. Then we wait for baby. Then we cut you. Blood for baby. Dora gone. And then in the and they show Dora like in this big like puff of smoke. It's whatever. 
Dora, can you hear me? It's me. Then a pounding starts on the shed door, and blood starts running down Dora's legs, and it starts filling the shed up. It's up to her chest. She starts screaming. She's pounding on the shed door. Someone's pounding on the shed door from outside, and then you hear a man's voice say, Dora, can you hear me? The shed door pops open. There's no blood. There's no blood. It's all in her little head. There's Mike the cop. She tells Mike the cop about the kids and the doctor, and Mike says, well, we better go in the house and check this out. And Dora says, no, no, we can't go to the house. No, no. Then somehow, out in the shed, they hear Dr. Henry screaming for help. I don't really know how far the shed is from the house, but whatever. Just go with it. So now Dora, who just two seconds ago said, we are not going in the house. She says, we have to go in that house. In the kitchen, they pass by the smoking body of Furface, which is melted from the salt. Doc is tied to a chair in the living room with a pumpkin covering his head. So Mike the cop kind of creeps up. And even though Dora's saying, you have to go help him, go help him, untie him. Mike nudges the pumpkin with his gun. It's a big long shotgun. And the pumpkin falls away, revealing that Doc's body's there, but his head is no longer. Now, Mike the cop takes this all surprisingly well. He points out there are runes on the living room wall, and in a not-so-classic case of blaming the victim, he asks what she did that would bring these homicidal children out. And Dora swears she didn't ask them to come over and kill her boyfriend. Mike susses out that she's pregnant. He tells her that these kids have come before, the same night, the same blood moon. His wife, Sherry, she was pregnant. He got a call on the radio about a disturbance at his house. He went home, and the door was open. The house is a wreck. Blood was everywhere. Our poor little piggy. It was blood for the baby. She says, what? Mike asks if she can hear him, and then gives her a gun, and then searches the house. The cramp starts again. A rattle comes from the attic. Mike grabs the little pull thing that hangs down, and the stairs open up. He needs fires wildly into the darkness. Outside, the police car siren whoops and wails. Dora goes to check on it, and she finds that smoke is billowing from the windows and under the hood of the car. Back in the attic, Mike sticks his head up the trap door like a complete rookie. I mean, come on, if they've come before, he should know better. He finds blood and knows that he hit one of the kids. He scans the attic. Outside, in front of the police car, poof, Palehead appears. Dora fires at him, and whatever's in the attic grabs Mike and pulls him up. More kids appear on the front lawn. Okay, so Dora takes Mike's drop shotgun, and she rushes into the bathroom. She loads it as chants of blood, blood, blood grow louder. There's a bang on the bathroom window. Her brother Remy's just outside saying that she needs to let him in. When she refuses, he yells that they want the baby. He screams this inhuman scream, and she starts cramping again. She now looks six months pregnant. There's a knock on the bathroom door. She grabs the shotgun. And then suddenly her reflection is in the bathroom mirror talking to her, which, again, it was doing so well. And then they, they do this, like, between the indoor windstorm and now her own reflection being all sassy back to her. It just... We'll come to that later. I really wanted to like this movie, but it definitely has highs and lows. So the reflection, Dora, salts a baby on a fork and eats it. And this leads Dora to look over at the bath salts. Using the last of her ammunition, she takes the pellets out of the shotgun shells and she packs it with the bath salts. Another cramp hits. And at some point she opened the bathroom window because now Burlap is looking in through the open window. And uh, she cocks the gun, but it jams. And as he crawls in, she settles for hitting him with the gun, knocking him into the bathtub, which I suddenly guess is full of water and bath salts. I mean, I guess she didn't pull the plug earlier. I don't know. I don't remember her filling the bathtub, but maybe I missed that part. And as soon as Burlap hits the bathtub, he starts screaming and melting. She starts to crawl out the window, and 
then more of the children come in through the bathroom door. So she shoots at them. They scream, but the kickback from the shotgun makes her fall out of the window. And then suddenly she's in the backyard and there's laundry on the line, even though it's nighttime in October in Canada, which I would think like that's close to when snow starts, but you know, I'm not an expert on these things. So of course she goes in between the lines of the rows of sheets, and of course they billow around her, visibility's down to almost nothing. Kids run past the sheets on the other side, you know, throwing shadows up on the sheets. She gets disoriented. She swings the shotgun around and she starts firing wildly. And it, I'm not sure how many rounds she shot, but it seems like an awful lot, like more than she lined up on the bathroom vanity when she was repacking the shells. Then Mike's voice distracts her and she doesn't notice two of the kids sneaking up behind her with a sheet. They knock her down, wrap her up and drag her off. Okay, at this point, she's fully through the looking glass. Everything's all fractured. It's a kaleidoscope of faces and trees and sheets. Babies cry, bells toll, a heart beats. She hears, Dora, can you hear me? Um, she sees the pumpkin field we saw earlier, which they're carrying her through. A bunch of alpacas stop and watch. And I mean, come on, alpacas, you're supposed to be the good guys. They chant, blood for baby, blood for baby. She's suddenly tied to either a pile of wood or a carn, you know, the, the stacked rocks. It's really hard to tell because it's still in that lavender light. Then just as the kids start to advance on her, suddenly Mike, black-eyed, shoots the kids and helps her up. And I don't mean he has rings around his eyes. I mean, his eyes are actually completely black, like the pupils, the whole eye. She, well, he help, he unties her, helps her up. And she keeps saying, I thought you were dead, Mike. I thought you were dead. They wander through the woods and the cramps start again. And when she recovers, they look up and there's this open doorway in front of them with steps leading up to it and pumpkins line the steps. Dora asks, what is it? And Mike says, oh, that's my house. Mike enters the darkened doorway calling for Sherry, his dead wife. Dora follows him and finds herself wandering through Mike's house. Upstairs at the end of a long hallway, a door stands ajar. She enters it and finds Mike cradling a toddler. Blood kind of runs down his face a little bit from his hairline. He tells her not to be scared and hands her the baby. She doesn't want to hold it. And then when she glances down, the child in her arms is actually deformed. Her name is called yet again, and she turns around to find one of the scary kids on the stairs staring at her. Then when she looks back down, the child creature in her arms is gone. Then she's back in the pumpkin patch. She races through it as pumpkins explode and fire bursts as she runs, and now she's in the barn. The children line up outside. Dora takes a small, is it Sith or Scythe, from the wall, whatever, the thing you use to cut wheat with, but it's a small handheld one. And uh, she uses it to basically cut the baby out of herself. Outside, the pumpkins continue to explode in big fireballs. The clocks grow crazy. There are flashes and screams, and the kids chant, blood, blood, blood. And now suddenly kids are in the barn. It cuts to the pumpkin patch where everything's burning, well not everything, but there's spots of fire here and there. And there's tractor tires and it almost looks like a tractor exploded. And then the camera goes under, I guess, it would look like a pile of rubble and maybe that's the carn from earlier, but it looks much smaller. And uh, the camera goes into like a hole in the earth. It's black and then all of a sudden we're back at the hospital from the opening scene. Uh, Dora's mom and her little brother Remy are waiting in a chair as she wakes up. And the mom leans over Dora and says, oh, you're safe now. You just need to rest. Just close your eyes. It's okay. 
And she says, Mom, I lost your tiara. And her mom says, Oh, sweetie, it's okay. You're still my princess, even if you did get knocked up like a filthy street whore. And then Remy smiles as Dora's mom stabs her over and over and over with a big, huge knife. Of course, it was just a dream. Dora checks her stomach. It's bandaged with a little bit of blood seeping through. So she gets out of bed with an abdomen wound. Sure, whatever, let's go with it. She wanders through the seemingly empty hospital, same scene as the beginning, but then people wander out, the nurse goes and answers the phone, and no one, needs, seems, no one seems to notice the girl wandering down the hallway with the IV stand. Dora reaches the same space as earlier, hand up on glass. It's the hospital nursery. Baby's coo. Dora looks down at a baby in a little yellow cap and smiles. Then a voice says, Dora, can you hear me? And the movie's over. Okay, so here's the thing. I want to start off by saying that I really like Bruce McDonald's previous work. Pontypool was one of the best contained horrors I've ever seen. Seriously, I, I seriously think it's amazing. Everyone should go out and watch it right now. He also did Hardcore Logo, um, which was really good too. Um, so I'm involved with this other podcast called Moby Flicks, which is concentrating on punk rock movies this season, and I, it should really get added to the lineup. So I'm a fan, and I really wanted to like Hellions. And it started off so well. The kids were creepy. There's this great sense of dread. I mean, even the cold opening, which I don't like cold openings, but even the cold opening, well, I, I like cold openings, but not ones that are later in the film and then flashback. The rest of the film is a flashback leading up to that. I like if it's linear, if it's the cold open, like Jaws. Jaws is the perfect cold open. It starts off with a girl, you know something's up, and then later they find her remains and the story keeps going. I, I'm cool with that. I, I like those. But I don't like, I just, it's just a personal thing. Okay? And I know so many movies have them, but it's just, I don't like it. So, the kids are creepy. There's a great sense of dread. It has some of the best jump scares I've seen in years. But in the end, it just didn't work for me. I don't know if there needed to be more foreshadowing with the runes showing up throughout the town, or maybe someone could mention that Mike's wife was horribly murdered on Halloween years before, or maybe there's a town legend that at every blood moon, a pregnant woman is attacked, but there's nothing. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. So this leads us to the second theory on this movie, or my second theory on this movie. Um, basically, Dora is having a psychotic break throughout her entire pregnancy as soon as she learns of it. And maybe her boyfriend dumps her after he finds out she's pregnant, and that's why his head's in the sack, um, symbolizing that he can't or won't help her. Uh, the doctor tries to help her, but ultimately she is on her own. Because motherhood, whether it's expected or not, wanted or not, is terrifying. Your life completely changes. And it's not a huge stretch that it could be traumatic for a single teen mom. And I'd like to say that they didn't stigmatize the pregnancy, but the dream Dora has at the end where her mother says that Dora is still her princess, even though she couldn't keep her legs closed, but it was pretty rough. Now, this is not my movie, and so it's easy for me to sit back and say what I would have done differently. But I sort of wish the filmmaker had made it more of a realistic home invasion, or that the kids were being affected by some paranormal entity like on Channel Zero Candle Cove. And I was in 100% until the indoor windstorm slash tornado slash lavender light thing. And I can't help but feel that there was a really great movie in there that just ended up kind of okay. But having said that, there are some really invented jump scares. And I really liked the main character. She was scared but tough. The mask kids, again, super creepy. And when the filmmakers made the executive decision that it was going to be weird and lavender tinted, 
they completely committed. It was full-blown banana pants. So I've got to respect them for that. Overall, just check out Hellions. And as of this recording, it's available to stream on Netflix. So thanks for listening to Season Screening. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email seasonsscreening at gmail.com or want or we're on Twitter at Season Screening because the extra S in Season Screening is too long for a Twitter handle. Okay, until we meet again, Chekhov's laundry shoot.